Hello, and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a multimedia monster podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Cameron, and I'm joined by my fellow compatriot and founder of the show, Dave. Dave, how are you today? I'm doing I'm doing alright. We're we're a week off, but that's a okay. <laughs> Stuff happens, but we're back. So yeah. that's, that's what's important. And everyone's yep. doing okay. So also equally important. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks for everyone involved. The last delay was on me. Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, we're back on track and we are back to Castlevania. Once again, we are rounding out Season 3, which is an incredible thing that we've gotten so far already. Uh, season 3, this episode, so we're doing, I believe, Episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, man. And it is <laughs> it is a jam-packed finale to the season. Um, so, you know, the usual. You should probably watch the show before you listen to this bit. We're several episodes deep into Castlevania coverage right now but you know <laughs> i gotta episode, say it just in episodes case 19 through 22 <laughs> um and yeah let's jump into netflix's castlevania da, 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 da. yeah and i was like Rotate i should have some theme the song in there oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to cover the fact that I had to reopen my phone and get the episode summary up. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the stories continue on. Uh, Alucard, along with Sumi and Taka, the two Japanese twins, uh, uh, he's, he's taking them down into the Belmont Hold to teach them all about everything, including the magic of science, which is very nice. Um did the Belmont Hold have electric lamps earlier, or has Alucard, like, fitted these? I can't no, remember I, when it was uh, first shown. No, it had torches, because, um... Mm. Uh, Sifa sent, like, little flame mm. worms to go yeah. light up every torch in the library. Yeah, so he must have been... I mean, he's also installed, like, a pulley lift, so... Yeah, I mean, he had doing to some restoration the, uh, work. The stairway was a little uh, out, out of that. A little condition. destroyed. <laughs> Unless there's yeah. like another entrance that wasn't uh, the, the door to death. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, you know, he's promised to teach them things that they can use. And um, <laughs> Taka seems very enthused by the idea of using lightning to kill lots of people at once, which, you know. A little disturbing, but I guess they are here to fight back against a vampiric empire. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Alucard insists they should start small. And, um, you know, this is not just, hey, here's how to fight and kill and everything. This is, like, knowledge that's meant to be passed on and spread around, you know. Alucard is trying to be the better part of what his father was with Lisa, I think, and really, you know, you spread enlightenment to the world. <laughs> Help yeah, people. he's he's doing the the he's doing his best to use this as a, a like a stepping stone to mm. fulfill the potential that his father had, and like not that Dracula was squandering it; he was just keeping it to himself. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, one of those things that, you know, he's protecting all this knowledge, but if it's just him there, you know, it's kind of pointless. It's just there. But with these two, it could be used and spread and iterated on and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's a that's a nice thing for him to think of. He's sort of starting to come out of his shell a little more, which is good. And, yeah, you know, he, he seems to suit being a teacher. We'll put it at that. <laughs> um, and then we go back over to Lindenfeld, lovely little town where nothing ever goes wrong at all. Never. Um, <laughs> uh, I believe. I believe the first thing here is um the kid with the apples, isn't it? Uh, yes, and we have uh we get a little bit more time with the. The judge. Mm, yeah. Uh, and he, yeah, the head man of the town. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh, there's there's a spot um, just past like the river or something. You know, you go yeah, around and it's, it's a little creek. secret. It's a little <laughs> secret spot that I use to uh, I keep my own apple tree there, and it's mm. just for me. But you know, just this once, I'll, I'll let you go go pick a couple apples. And, can be, yep. be our little secret. <laughs> yeah, and off goes this ragtag, li- ragtag little urchin, happy as can be, because he gets to take three whole apples for himself. Uh, <laughs> and on the day goes, uh, Saint-Germain is fulfilling his uh, agreed-upon role in the Priory. He's looking through all the books, um, you know, for evidence of and knowledge of Dracula, clearly. Uh, he's Treating them very irreverently, which is funny. He's, he's obviously very focused. You know, he looks in a book, skims through, and just tosses it over his shoulder. Uh, and deep in this pile of like holy tomes and I assume like Bibles and stuff, there's just what is clearly like the Necronomicon bound in human skin. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Uh, full of infernal knowledge, obviously, with a couple of pages recently ripped out. Um, and Saint Germain goes and talks to Prior Sala about this, and we get more Sala, who is absolutely a joy as always, with his ah oh God, it's, it's like being it's like a piercing like oh those he's eyes. He's almost mm. it's as if he's blind, but mm. can still yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Sort of murky, but I don't know, mm. vivid pools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a real creep. Uh and you know, uh, Saint-Germain talks about this book and you know it was written by a, an insane forge master hundreds of years ago and it's all about bringing people back from hell and stuff like that. But like the uh, wrong but there's way. a couple But yeah, yeah, the the terrible bad way as opposed to the way all the other forge masters do, I guess. Um Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and there's a couple of pages missing, and Sala is being extremely evasive, but because he's so blank and weird all the time, it's like a, a it's... coin toss whether he's <clears throat> actually hiding something or he just doesn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he essentially just blows uh, blows Germain off, and um, what we get... The, the the greatest little just line, you know, you asked me not to treat you as if you were mad. Don't disappoint me. 
And Sala just looks at him in the craziest way possible and then just turns around and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I love everything about this Priory plot. It's very good. <laughs> it's all good until you get to the food corner. That's no good. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's uh, there's no toilet paper in <laughs> in Lindenfeld because it's a Chinese invention. <laughs> she got some books. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, the judge just looking totally confused, going, what the fuck is toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. Um, but, you know, there's, um, Sala's acting all very suspicious and heading down to the basement with a bunch of the other monks. And so uh, Saint-Germain sneaks his own way down there uh, and finds uh, a massive night creature, which is the visitor, the thing that crashed into the Priory several weeks earlier at this point. Um, it's still alive and has been crucified down in the basement. <laughs> Which, man, um, yeah, this is this is where the Priory stuff super kicks off because we go full Eldritch nonsense here. Um, <laughs> just Just the sheer imagery of, like, he looks like Ludwig from um, the mm. old hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just spread out, I think, literally, I think it's like, his, like, nailed to a beam. Face and hair. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's got that like elongated face, all the eyes and the weird tentacly hair and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so creepy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just there. There's a big sigil sort of scraped into the floor in front of it. <laughs> um, and you know. Uh, it's fine. This is all good. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, monks. Monks have just got a, a terrible eldritch abomination in the basement. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Uh, <laughs> we get to move over to Isaac after that. Um, and Isaac's been very busy. You know, he's on his march for revenge over Dysteria, and he's got all his night creatures with him. He's riding on a bicorn at this point. I can't remember if that was from the earlier episodes, but that's cool. Yeah, that's but, what he's you know, doing the... now. And it, his his forces are a little slimmer mm, than I yeah, think they he's... were before, but he's, he's gone yeah. through a few towns, so I guess that's to be expected. Yeah. yeah, every now and then, you know, someone's going to actually kill one of the night creatures, and if you don't have time to stop and make more. You're going to run out of them eventually. Um, but he comes to a, a village that is inhabited by a single old woman. <laughs> uh, she's just sitting there on a rocking chair, smoking her pipe. Uh, and she's great because she, um, well, first of all, she immediately recognizes him as a forge master. Uh, and not because he's accompanied by all the night creatures. Apparently it's because he smells of like magic and hell. I guess, you know, he has a particular scent. Uh, and he, in turn, recognizes her as just a practitioner in general. She's a magician or a witch, I guess. It's not specified. Yeah, um, they don't go into details. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she's great. You know, the town used to be, honestly, a little too many people. I kind of like it better now. <laughs> just me. <laughs> uh, and, you know... I, di I didn't do anything to the people here, obviously. Uh, there's this wizard nearby who's, like, 
building a building a city and he's just taken everyone from all the surrounding towns and ground their souls to ash and turned them into living ants to build his castle with <laughs> which man so there's a way to get a labor force uh and you know her skill in magic was enough to defend herself but she wasn't strong enough to actually defend anyone else in the village and so she's been left here all on her own ever since uh whenever that happened it wasn't really specified yeah, I think it's been a little while when we do see the people mm. they are um, pretty emaciated yeah yeah absolutely um but if Isaac wants to kill two birds with one stone this wizard has a very big transmission mirror, uh, which can be used to transport people, just like the one Dracula shoved him through, not like the uh, the Sir mirror that Isaac has that lets you see things, but nothing else. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> I love Sir mirror. big enough that he can go through with all of his night creatures. Yeah, and the process of killing the wizard and getting the mirror would naturally mean a whole ton of dead bodies because the wizard's in control of this entire population of sl mind slaves, effectively. Therefore, in one fell swoop, Isaac can get a transmission mirror and make a whole bunch more night creatures and then essentially send them right through to Styria. Nice, just nice and simple, just like that. Yeah, it's uh, easy plan. <laughs> yeah, totally easy. N no issues whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, uh, that is Isaac's motivation here. You know, he's, he's getting a little extra direction. Uh, and once again, he's interacting with someone and not killing them or turning them into a creature. You know, he's he's growing as a person again. This old lady, she's no harm. <laughs> she's not going to bother anyone. She was nice enough to tell me what I needed to know. So on we go. <laughs> go find this terrible, evil, soul-stealing wizard. Uh, and then we move on to da -da 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 -da, the next episode, because these episodes they're they're shorter. They, they go, I mean, the run the runtime is yeah. the same, but it's just they they, go they don't have a lot going on because it's trying to do all of the sort of interrelated stories. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're not even really interwoven. Some of them don't have anything to do with anybody else. Uh, mm. But at least not yet. Uh, and it's yeah. just keeping track of what everyone's doing. But the thing is, people are kind of not doing a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, most people are like... Like, the, the most it's like action a day in is the happening... Life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, all the action is happening in Lindenfeld and everything else is like, oh, Alucard's letting Sumi and Tucker explore the castle or they're reading some books and oh Isaac's walking. Uh, yeah. You know. The the only uh the only real forward motion is in this priory plot, which has a lot going on to be fair, so there's that at least. Yeah. Um yeah, and so there there is a meeting orchestrated between Saint Germain, Trevor, Cypher and the Judge, um, which essentially boils down to <laughs> The monks have a terrible, awful thing locked up in their basement, and they're all acting shifty. Clearly, something's up. Um, gotta, gotta really work out what's going on down there. 
Um, Saint Germain did notice the presence of a an opening into the infinite corridor down in the basement of the priory there when he snuck down. Um, so you know he obviously wants to open that and get inside because that's his overarching motivation is he wants to get back in the corridor and see if he can control it all that stuff. Uh, so the plan is thus: fight the monks get rid of the terrible, awful night creature, and somehow open the corridor, and then everyone will be happy. It's super easy. Um, There's one issue. The monks are being weird and vandalizing the whole town and carving, like, occult symbols into everyone's homes. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, a little... I don't know, it feels... What was the... I was going to make a comparison and my brain just completely dropped it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> it was kind of like Diablo. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the monks are clearly up to something very bad. Uh, and the answer to something being very bad is, you know, Cypher gets a look at these symbols and they mean transformation and death. So, you know, monks are going to do something real bad. <laughs> um, yeah, we get, we get some fun action. There's a, there's a bit of investigating. Uh, Trevor gets to fight a couple of the monks, one of whom he identifies as like a trained killer because of the way he fights with a knife and stuff like that is like, again, leading into these guys aren't all really monks <laughs> they're just coming into town whoever they are they're, yeah, they're um, and yeah yeah like they're just showing up they get given the robe and the weird green armband and off they go <laughs> doing doing the good work carving symbols into people's back walls um, but an interrogation this guy leads to the, yeah, we're doing something with the town, but it's too late, you can't stop us. Uh, most of us have already left, which is fun. Um, the monks have just been sneaking out, essentially, one at a time, to go to other nearby towns and, in their words, evangelize about the visitor, about this, this terrible night creature that told them to bring Dracula back from hell. Or whatever it is they plan yeah, to sure. do. Dracula and his wife. Yeah, yeah, gotta have both of them. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there, there are actually less people there for them to deal with, but there's the added risk of, will this happen again? Essentially, you know, this, this, is, a, this is sort of an infectious madness. They want to go out and tell everyone uh, and get, get the good word out. Oh... Um, and yeah, otherwise, most of the rest of this episode is on Alucard, um, Sumi and Taka sort of living their day-to-day -day life. Um, Sumi and Taka are a bit suspicious that Alucard is, like, essentially hiding stuff from them. There's certain parts of the castle he won't take them, and certain questions he just kind of neatly avoids. Like, you know, he shows them the army, like, wow, cool, why are there no magic weapons, and you know... Dracula didn't like to use magic weapons because he never needed them. Yeah, he was Dracula. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, 
I don't, I, I liked his explanation that he just preferred physical things to be themselves, which was kind of a, a nice philosophical thought on that. And of course, Dracula would think like that. Um, and you know, you can you can read between the lines and like assume he's like keeping them away from the fam the old family quarters and stuff because you know, <laughs> killed killed his dad there and everything. Yeah, it's he's also yeah. yeah. Other, yeah, I mean he he was living by himself, talking to dolls. So there's some issues go- yeah. <laughs> going on that he's dealing with. Yeah. But I mean he's on the up and up. He's giving them mm. pretty much all of himself that he's yeah able to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he's, like, he's doing his level best to treat them as students and and friends. Mm, yeah, and it is really good for him. Like, he's doing, I would say, a lot better overall than he's portrayed at the start of the season, where, you know, he is, again, insane in talking to dolls. Um, But, you know, just his general mood is a lot better, even when they are being very thorough and poking with questions that... No, I mean, he generally seems happy to have the company. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. uh, The entire time, you get, like, a weird vibe from Sumi and Taka, just looks they mm. share with each other or things that they're not saying and yeah. how this all kind of comes to a head is it, I don't feel that we are given enough we're not given the motivation or backstory to either Sumi or Taka for mm. this to, like when it pans out ultimately yeah. I don't see a reason why it went that It feels rushed. Yeah, I guess, it feels very in that hasty. Case, yeah, like, you just had to kind of take care of it. Like, well, you spent episodes with these characters, but didn't give. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I feel like Oland. they had an mm. idea for Alucard in the beginning, and he's um, uh, Sigma mm. and Trevor have left, and he's just kind of morose and dealing with his the death of his father. And they want that to transition to how it wraps up, but yeah. didn't have a good way to get from point A to point B within like a couple episodes of him not being the main character. Yeah. And so yeah, they exactly. just they just had to throw something in. And it's like, I mm. know. It didn't really it doesn't add anything to like the world. Even though mm. they're going, yes, we're from Japan. There's there's vampires because like, you you get like exposition, but not um, it's talent not shown. Aside yeah. from like we yeah. get the one flashback, yes, but it's from their point of view where it doesn't feel like they're reliable narrators. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, so I think that that's the large issue is they're not trustworthy, and then mm. it falls out ultimately poorly. But mm. it's 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 very much to Alucard's detriment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it just kind of feels like if there was more of a through line here, like if it wasn't just day-to-day life, little snippets of them every now and then, and all of them getting along really, really well, with like the, the only tiny bit of tension being, hey, can you make the castle fly? Hey, does this castle fly? Listen, man, I know you said the castle doesn't fly, but will it fly? Um, it's like, no, it's broken. 
Yeah, we we really messed it up when we did the big fight in the gear room. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like apart from that, like they get along essentially perfectly. Um, which yeah makes it a little weird. And you know, it's like if, if there was more of a through line, more of like an actual adventure to be had where we could delve a little deeper into Sumi and Taka, I think it would feel more complete. But otherwise, it's just kind of like a little weird and uneasy and ultimately like you said it doesn't feel like it does much except get a la carte from the start of the season to the end of the season and have something to do in the in in between yeah i mean you yeah. might as well just wrap up that that little arc because it's it's basically one other scene so mm. uh Taka yeah. and sumi are talking to each other and this is where it goes strange because they agree that Alucard's been doing a lot to help them mm. and has been giving them things. And they, they're like, yeah, so there's a couple of bits where he seems like he's holding back. But overall, he's, you know, he's been helping us a lot. So he deserves a reward. Yeah. That reward mm. apparently is sleeping with both of them. Yeah, yeah. But, um. <laughs> and, and okay, that's that's fine. Like, yeah. You you guys do you. If you um, yeah, if, if that's what you want to do. turn that immediately <laughs> into, like, trying to murder her. I'm like, so where did mm. the part of the conversation come where you guys decided that you give him a reward <laughs> and then kill him? Like, that didn't... Yeah. Like, I know there's unspoken like, things between twins, but it was yeah. out, out of character. Yeah. Like, like it, I don't, it, I don't like, see a motivation for it, is the thing. Hmm. Like their explanation is that essentially everyone has always consistently failed them, so at this point they just try to get ahead of it and get yeah. the jump themselves. But like, but it there's feels been no indication that he's weird. doing that. He's like giving them pretty much everything, aside yeah, from the he, bits that like that's his family. He's not gonna go there, and the other stuff's broken. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Their main arguments are you're not telling us everything. It's like, yeah, you know whose castle this was, you know who he is, and you know who's dead. Of course, he's not telling you absolutely everything. He won't teach us magic. Um, just by the the way the show runs, there's no indication that everyone can learn magic. So it's entirely possible he looked at them and went, they're not going to be able to do it, and just didn't bother when he could teach them, you know, science instead, which he sees as just as good. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's you a know, holistic everyone... approach. <laughs> yeah. The, the more you yeah. know, the better prepared you're going to be. And we're starting from the <laughs> basics. Yeah. Because you, you guys yeah. already have a foundation in, like, hand-to-hand combat and things like that. So let's, like, shore mm. that up with practical knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah. You're, you're withholding things from us. You're not teaching us magic. And everyone's always tried to take advantage of us or betray us. So we're just going to get ahead and do it to you first. Which, again, doesn't feel right from him to them but you know how it is yeah, um they that's... do they do have a great trap they put him in like the predator net yes. essentially although it's like a, a pair of bracelets that turn into silver wires i'm guessing they're silver because they like physically burn him and stuff uh, I'll, although i don't know if alucard is you know what i'm gonna track that I don't know if silver works on half vampire i don't know whatever it is it's like you, not you good. had some <laughs> items that work on whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, they they were 
anti-vampire freedom fighters. I guess it makes sense they had something up their sleeves, but <laughs> this... I don't know. This is a very is specific situation you'd have to use it in. Yeah, it feels like it'd be a little impractical for combat. <laughs> you gotta, gotta get it You've on each wrist and then it'll bind them. And they already, <laughs> like... Alucard showed exactly why, except in, like, this situation... Getting close to mm. vampires is a bad idea, so it's like mm. a weapon of opportunity. I, I guess, yeah, I guess. It, it's it's a weird weapon. Um, it does if seem you all very get effective. Naked, you can use it. It's like all right. Yeah, yeah. In that situation, great weapon. He can't move. He can't do his super shunt teleporty speed thing. Uh, he doesn't appear to be able to do any magic at all, actually. Uh, and his saving grace is that. Unlike his father, Alucard is absolutely fine with using magic weaponry because he's not telekinetically flinging the sword around. The sword does that itself, uh, and you you know saves his own life by killing both of them with the sword because the sword can do that. It's a flying sword. Um, yeah, and uh, and the the point B of Alucard's journey is. I don't want to have to deal with this again. This was very traumatic. Just as I was beginning to potentially heal, the people helping me heal tried to kill me. Uh, let's just let's just discourage any visitors and stakes both of them out the front of the castle, just like dead old dad. Yeah, it's a lot. It's just like, what the hell? <laughs> the guy can't catch a break. He really oh. can't. It's a rough time for Alicard. Things things will get better, but they've got to get worse first, and apparently they've got to get worse for a while. <laughs> oh, uh, and he he is also like a complete wreck because of this. Like, there's a shot of him just you know naked, draped in his bloody bedsheet, lying on the scorched floor where he killed his father. <laughs> like, he's yeah. not he's not doing so hard. No. And I can't blame him. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, over in the Priory arc, uh, you know, they're, they're going to slowly gather their forces, wait for sundown, and then go attack the Priory, get rid of all the monks, deal with the night creature, get San Germain to see his infinite corridor. It'll be perfectly fine. Why are we waiting till sundown? Because the judge says so, and he's the tactics man, and it's his town, damn it. <laughs> um, Cypher, ever the one to, you know, just be, be really on the pulse of things, feels like waiting that long might not be great, and at several points states that she thinks they are, ma they, they are all making a mistake, but they wait till sundown, they go attack the Priory, um... And they, they assemble outside and they call for Sala to come out and leave town or otherwise be, you know, killed by the town militia. Uh, at which point the, uh, the ritual that has been going on inside the Priory all day comes to its conclusion. The, the monks have dragged bloody symbols through the entire place. Um, and Sala has used that there's a lot of, Obviously, a lot of Christian imagery in Castlevania, but with this creature literally imp uh, crucified up against a beam, and then Sala is there with a lance, piercing into it and drawing a symbol on it is very, obviously, like, you know, 
Christ on the cross symbolism there. Yeah, um, well, that, that the creature specifically instructed him to be bound that way. Mm, to it wanted all this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, he, yeah, he uses this lance to cut a pentagram in a circle uh, onto it. And uh, once that's all complete, every house in Lindenfell bursts into unholy flames uh, like with it's, it's all the people inside like a them. A pillar, a pillar <laughs> yeah, to the heavens of true. flame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, everyone is shocked. The judge is like mortified because you know he literally waited until everyone else was back in their homes so that there wouldn't be a bunch of people getting in the way when. They went to kill all the monks. It's like, I um, just sent them all back home. Yeah. Yeah. He, he literally just essentially destroyed his entire town with that one decision. Like, you know, he probably wasn't to know. That one, not not really on him, but it's a big mistake to make. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty rough. The burning pillars of flame all converge and start streaming through the hole in the priory roof through the Priory, into the Visitor, which, man, the, the animation budget starts kicking in again. The Visitor swelling with literal faces pressing up under its skin as it, like, consumes the souls of all the people in Lindenfell. Looks great. Also entirely awful, but very good. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's oh. a good scene in the... The idea of like that full the uh, the full sacrifices needing to be made to open this this portal. Mm. It's like you can't just open a portal; it needs to be powered up first. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, it is uh, what is this? Is um, Saint Germain described it as like a horrendous act of will to open the infinite corridor. Which is a nice way to put it, I guess. That yeah, the translation here is you need all that energy. Um, easiest way to get it if you're a night creature is just sacrifice a bunch of people, uh, and it does exactly that and begins like opening the infinite corridor. <laughs> um, this point, you know, some of the monks come out to defend the priory. A big fight breaks out. Yeah, classic Castlevania. Uh, Netflix series fight at this point between a whole bunch of people is Trevor being very cool with the, with the whip, uh, Cypher being extremely cool with elemental magic, uh, and we get to see Saint Germain in action. Um, by which I mean Saint Germain cannot fight physically and is nearly immediately killed, um, saved at the very last second by Cypher's intervention. <laughs> he just has a nice hat. Yeah, he he's a you know he's a philosopher, a man of science and alchemy. He's not he's not good at stabbing people. Um, fortunately for him, Cipher is very good at it and does some cool stuff. Like surrounds him with a, a series of ice like discs that essentially she can use to defend him without getting too distracted. All that kind of stuff. Um, but the um the big kicker is you know. The infinite corridor opens, and a million terrible little imp things come flying out, along with an angel. I guess is the the only way I can describe the 
Yeah. Tall, I mean, I would say it's winged a, a eye demon figure. using the, the like the fallen form of a traditional mm. angel. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it, it does feel like very Old Testamenty, like it's this big yeah, winged thing many, with a ton of eyes, eyes, many wings. Yeah, I, I actually really like the face, which is like veiled by feathers in sort of like an owl looking kind of thing. It's, it's interesting to look at. Um, it's, it's very different to all the night creatures. It's very different to like the general monsters and all the people, obviously. So it's, it's a big sort of tonal shift to watch this sort of crawl out, <laughs> out of hell, supposedly. Um, and with that, you know, they break into the Priory, they start fighting, this terrible giant creepy angel thing. Uh, it's yeah, more more intense animation, more very cool fights. Again, we can't describe this to you. You gotta watch the show, <laughs> really. Yeah. For 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 a for a blow by blow, please watch the show. Um, yeah, because it's about five minutes. Me, it's of great. Like continuous action, so yeah, well, yeah, well but, worth watching for that bit alone. Yeah, yeah, the budget the budget goes here in the last two episodes, as is the norm. Yes. <laughs> uh but yeah, um they get they get down into the basement having dealt with one or two angels. Like there there is more than one of these things. The these angel devil I'm gonna call them angels for simplicity's sake. <laughs> I know they're not. Um they get down at the basement. Uh, the visitor is there. The portal to hell is open, and we get a great sort of like roving camera view as the infinite corridor is a lot like a transmission mirror. Is sort of like searching around to lock on target, and we we do sort of almost a Dante's Inferno style flip through a few layers of hell. You know, we get the classic burning planes, and we get the river of blood, and what is probably meant to be like the forest of the suicides because it's a bunch of trees that are like people uh, and then to a cold icy plane and then a very dark place and then zooms all the way into that abandoned house with just Dracula and Lisa holding each other um, which you know make, making the best of it in hell you gotta, you gotta stick together uh, and there is once again more fighting down in the in the basement of the priory, uh, as I, I would call this like a boss rush scene, essentially. Yeah, like it's the, it's the a, big, a lot. all the big beasties. Mm. I I do want to give a shout out to weird satyr centaur archer monster that produces its arrows by secreting them from its palm. That's Very nice. cool design. Very spider. Super creepy. Spike-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, like some really cool stuff goes on. Cypher uses lightning magic, which, as far as I can remember, she hasn't done before and appears to be very difficult for her to do, so good on her. Yeah, um, I don't think it's one that she's attuned as well to, but there's there's some water going around and she's going to make use of mm, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we, get, we get all kinds of cool things. Uh, Trevor eventually pulls out two whips. Not one, but two whips. He's got the the metal chain and his old traditional Belmont whip. Um, and you know he he shows off why he is a professional monster hunter. 
uh, literally whipping something to death is impressive, even before the whips are, like, you know, blessed and causing things to explode. Um, <laughs> in the middle of this, Priasala is down there, and, you know, he, I don't think he ever really understood what the end goal of all of this was. Like, he knew it was something to do with Dracula and Hell, and maybe bringing Dracula back because we want to bring Hell to Earth. And then when the when the infinite corridor actually opens up, he just looks like, what is that? What the hell is that? And then just runs away. Yeah, I think he thought it was a summoning ritual just to bring Dracula and his wife back. Mm, yeah. Not and then like it brought like all of hell. Oof. Yeah. All hell and breaks loose. Monsters yeah. and things that I don't, mm. I don't, I think that was maybe outside of his calculations, but who's to know? He's crazy, man. Mm, yeah. But he definitely he yeah. understands that it's not a good place to be. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pri Priasala gets the gets the hell out of Dodge and just runs away to fight another day. Uh while Saint Germain uh jumps on top of the visitor and uses his infinite corridor seeking gem thing uh to actually cause it to redirect away from Dracula, which is pretty cool. And uh, like seek out the he's part of the infinite one. corridor he is. Yeah. yeah, he's interested in his his lady wife, or not actually wife. I don't think they were ever married. His love interest, um, who is standing upside down in front of an infinite void of like rainbow light, which you know, cool, good for her. Yeah, uh, she's in Bowie <laughs> Land. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and once that's all sorted, you know tells Belmont to kill the visitor and in the subsequent explosion is just flung straight through the infinite corridor. It's like, thanks, goodbye, I'll see you again. And good just, luck. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> closes it on him. Um, they all get the hell out. Uh, Sala has stabbed the judge upstairs uh, because, you know, he might be crazy, but he's also incredibly quick and has a knife and yes. sort of immediately gets the better of him, which I kind of appreciate the realism of, because, because you know, we've had Trevor and Cypher fighting normal people throughout this entire series. The the realistic approach of, oh god, that dude has a knife, Where, what just happened? Oh, I'm dead? Cool. Is kind of refreshing to just see a normal person go, oh, Oh man, yeah, no. This is this is what fighting is like for anyone who's not the series protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the judge judge isn't a sore loser. You're like Sala, you've you've beaten me, and clearly, <laughs> clearly, I did not do a great job here. I'm gonna tell you how to get out. Everyone's gonna be looking for you. Just go through the back fields, over the creek, right at the fork, and. You, stand in front of an apple tree, you'll see the way to safety. Like, why are you telling me this? Like, yeah, you, you beat me fair and square, man. I'm gonna die now. <laughs> and Oxala runs, uh, and then the second Cypher and Trevor find the judge there, like, mortally wounded, he just says, give me my knife, I'm going to he going to go to hell and wait for Sala there so I can kill him again. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> because he has killed Sala, apparently. Oh, yeah, man. This is this is the rough bit, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so the judge who this was this was really interesting on a rewatch because the first time I watched this, I really liked the judge and I was really bummed that he got stabbed and was dying. Um and then the reveal here is uh the judge has a punji pit, I would believe is the appropriate term, in front of his apple tree. Literally just, you know, a ten foot deep hole with a bunch of spikes in the bottom. Uh and you know, he's the judge. Uh it's rough work running a town, but it's got its little pleasures. And these pleasures seem to include sending children to go get apples. And every now and again, you know, it's a dangerous world. You live right in the middle of the woods. Kids go missing. Um, So, yeah, the the judge is a serial killer with a preference for children. (laughs) And this is what he's been doing his entire time. This is what his secret room is. It's his trophy room where he keeps kids' shoes. Um, Like, there was a lot of shoes in there. There's a lot of shoes. Um, in, In classic internet joke fashion he tells cypher to burn his house down <laughs> but they get a little suspicious and check it out and find yeah the the shoe collection like they're all on different shelves all at different heights it's really weird it's really creepy um again compounded by the pit with sala's terribly injured body and like the bones of countless people under him it's uh yeah, it's rough. Because <laughs> he was really likable as well in general. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's the whole thing is having, mm. a, you know, the, the least suspicious likable person, but then they're also terrible. Yep. Yeah, uh, some of the monsters are very well hidden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,. So yeah, uh, the judge is a fantastic character. <laughs> I don't know how much I like him. Yeah, he's well written as a <laughs> as a character. Really well written. I think it's a great character. Don't get me wrong. I can't morally approve of the judge. <laughs> love love the pragmatism when you're talking about setting up the militia back when Dracula's army was first coming around. Love all that. Great personality. Shame about all the child murder. Um. <laughs> oh good god um yeah uh <laughs> um at this point you know cypher cypher puts it succinctly i think this is just about as badly as it could have gone <laughs> um you know and, and trevor says for the last month they've been living her life they've been traveling and doing exciting things and learning and having a good time and now they get to live trevor's life where it's terrible all the time and things just it's go terrible wrong. things go wrong and people are bad yep yep uh really not a great time at all but you know other people have it bad too um how has our dear sweet forge master hector been doing he's been doing okay he's got I mean, better he's, living he's been conditions doing no, he's been doing all right for himself actually he's been doing uh, all right for himself he's got a book he's got real clothes and a table he's not being covered with water or having pieces of moldy bread thrown at him you know he's doing pretty good 
<laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I, I don't want to say Castlevania, the series, is pushing a narrative that intercourse with someone you don't really love is a bad thing and always leads to bad things, but these couple of episodes really feel like they push that. Um, so L- Lenore is continuing to be a diplomat, and the one thing Hector clearly really wants is the ability to leave, and that's the one thing she can't give him. But, you know... Oh, what's that ring you're wearing? Oh, you know, it's like loyalty to the sisterhood and all that kind of thing. But, like, I'm really loyal, but we're doing the wrong thing. You and me, Hector, we could just leave because, like, Carmilla's crazy. And to be fair, she's right. I know she's making this argument to convince Hector, but she's right. They well, are and doing and the that's, thing. that's the best thing is when, <laughs> when she's talking, she couches all of her things in like half truths. Like she's mm. very good at twisting the truth, and you mm. can see why it's believable. Oh yeah, yeah. She's hey, she's really good at her job. Striga's great at killing people. Marana's great at supplies. Carmilla's pretty good at coming up with crazy ideas that just might work and Lenore is super great at convincing people to do what she wants yeah uh and she she fully shows it off here um and invites Hector to have a relations with her uh during which she <laughs> asks him to run away with her again and to be hers and to be loyal to her and says you got to swear it and it you know she's playing it off as clearly her thing to get off to at which point as he's about to say it she slips a ring on him he says that he swears loyalty to her and the terrible cursed slave ring uh does what its name tells you it's gonna do and essentially enslaves hector to not her will specifically but to not disobey or harm her and also it allows his control over night creatures he creates to sort of pass up the chain to Lenore. Well, so to, to can't, anyone who's yeah. wearing those rings or the, the yeah, other exactly. half of the ring. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Lenore promptly hands out copies to Carmilla and Marana and Striga. So they're, they're all in charge of the night creatures collectively and nothing's going to go south with Hector getting to make a bunch of night creatures, then killing all of them and leaving, which was the main worry if they made him make night creatures for them. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, between Alucard and Hector, we have just learned that, you know, it's safer not to wait until you're married, clearly. Absolutely what the show is pushing here. <laughs> um, but yeah. Sort of. Uh, uh, because sort then... of. <laughs> Then if you if you do get married, you run the risk of being burned at stake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's just not. There's no is safe it pushing, choices. Is it pushing celibacy? Maybe. I no, think okay no, because for all of the uh, well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> celibacy into like the monkhood is a bad idea. Oh yeah, no. Sala was definitely had some vows going on. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of conflicted messaging. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I guess out of everything, Isaac's path is the... Mm. I can't agree with it, but 
of everyone, he's doing the best, maybe? I mean, yeah, but, like, that's the thing, is Isaac is objectively probably the most morally reprehensible character in their goals. Like, he, his goal is to, you know, going to go to Syria and get his revenge and then probably kill everyone else on the planet. It's, like, his goal, and this is changing over the course of the series, obviously. But that that's his overarching goal. That's his ideal, is, like, genocide. But 90% yeah, of the people room, he meets... There's room for yeah. thinking about it, because everyone he's running into yeah. is terrible. And yeah. it, it's... In, you can see that it's justified in his eyes continually. Mm. Yeah. Because he's like, every but time yeah. I think something's going to go right, it goes bad and I got to do terrible things. Mm. Look what you're making me do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I think I'm about to slip a little, humanity goes, oh man, but remember how you hate all of us? It's because of this. Um, while, you know, everyone else is just having a terrible time without any sort of affirming fate events going on. <laughs> yeah, there he's doing like yeah. very, very big picture level stuff and they're mm. just in the day to day, like the world kinda yeah. sucks. Yeah. But you know, I guess Hector's alright. Yeah, he's he's mm. wearing a slave ring, but he's free. He gets to leave like the cell yeah, he, and he, he has to the run of the castle. The castle. Now. Yeah, and he even gets to come to the special meeting room. He's not allowed to talk there, but he gets to come and sit at the table. Yes. Like <laughs> it's just like, oh, God. And he still gets to keep sleeping with... Um, yeah, with Lenore. Yeah. yeah. Which also God, just the like... Mm, and it's, it's, it's so off-putting that even, even the rest of the sisters are going like, hey, what? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Like, it is... Yeah. Hey, Lenore's pretty evil. All the yeah. vampires are in this show, admittedly. But, like, she's the one that comes across as not so bad until we get into this sort of, like, deep characterization of her and how she treats other actual living creatures. Um, yeah, I think but, you know, yeah, what he, it comes down to ugh. is she doesn't wear that on her sleeve, whereas the other ones do. Mm. Like, they're, they're not pretending to be something else. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, you've got to take it in the context of everything we see with Lenore before this point is her working to appeal to someone in yeah. order to get what she wants out of them. And now that she has what she wants out of Hector in particular in this season she reverts back to what she's actually thinking, which, you know, <laughs> can be simply, you know, the four sisters are in the room and Hector's there and he wants to say something and she goes, shush, the real people are talking. Which, yeah. man, that was... Oof. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fun inversion because all Hector has ever wanted is pets. You know, he's wanted to bring things back to life and to treat them kindly and to just let them live alongside him. And now he is a pet, which is what he's always needed. Not not necessarily what he's wanted, but apparently, according to Lenore, at least it's what he's needed. Yes. <laughs> needed to be. So, hmm. Yeah. 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 He, he gets a pretty rough deal out of this season, honestly. Had to had to walk barefoot for thirty days and then 
get imprisoned for a month and then at the end of this you're a slave to someone who clearly sees you as less than you well not less you're than human because you are well, human yeah lesser. but humanity is less than <laughs> yeah than van vampiranity vampirity yeah <laughs> yeah uh but there's one thread to wrap up and that's isaac and isaac's big adventures fighting this nameless wizard uh it's, who had it's... hey <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna lie again the first time i watched this show i thought the wizard was saint germain from like the future or something because I think just because of the style of dress. Yeah, like, but he's kind of... It's a little weird. It's just yeah. strange. But, um, but the the imagery, and I think like the... the what would we call this? The choreography? The, the, the filmography of this sort of... This, this scene of Isaac attacking the wizard's city is pretty great. Um, <laughs> first off, all, all the, the slave you know the mind slaves uh they're great they've got like a glowing green crown of thorns with a diamond shaped eye sort of like woven in light around their heads which through yeah. which the wizard controls them and can see um, i think which yeah, seems yeah. to be like he also be why you to. would go crazy because you're looking out of the eyes oh of- yeah a thousand people uh, i don't know yeah it, um, more than way more than a thousand yeah like, there's a lot it's tens like, easily enough to make a, a <laughs> an orb of people oh god the orb yeah. is so bad <laughs> it's, it's another thing where it's like you can't can't really describe this is uh action kicked mm. up to 11 uh yeah yeah there's just so many bodies that um even with Isaac able to, like, he's just stab-happy transforming them immediately uh, into night mm. creatures as much as he can, yeah. but he only has one the one dagger. Yeah. Um, yeah what I do, I do love is that he has <laughs> uh, one of his night creatures with the wings is picking up people and dropping them mm. toward him, and he just stabs them on yeah. the ground to make yeah. more night. So it's an, it's in... It's an unending potential for an army, but there's too many of them for him to like make use of that. It's not mm. he needed to have mm. come into this with more forces. Like yeah, on his side. yeah. This goes like it works for him, but it's very probably. I think out of any of the fights of the main characters, this is the one mm. where it could have just gone wrong. Any other? Oh second. yeah. Yeah, there's there's like twenty different points in this where Isaac could have just immediately died, along with all of his night creatures. Um, uh, yeah, I I really love that they played fully into a crazy wizard with complete physical control over this group of thousands of people, like as a as a as an antagonist here because, like you you mentioned the orb. But, you know, it starts out as, like, a fairly normal town raid for Isaac. Like, there's a bunch of people, and they fight back, but they're not super coordinated. And then the eyes on those weird crown of thorns start going crazy and focusing, and they start working together really efficiently. Um, They do things like a guy throws his sword so hard, his arm goes along with it. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff is like, oh, 
Um, yeah, they're and, like you know, expendable puppets. Cool. Mm, yeah. Uh, and the expendability is sort of brought to full bear when he creates the orb, which is Isaac has gotten past most of the defenses and is nearing the wizard's tower. And all of the citizens, citizens, uh, sorry, all of the all of the mind slaves in this town sort of rise up into the air and form a single cohesive ball of like grasping bodies, uh, which then just throws chunks of itself at Isaac. Like it, it's a little like four people tied in a knot as ammunition, essentially. As like the. The, the level of expendability and, like, the detachment from humanity shown yeah. just through, like, the tactics of that wizard is pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, it's it's a classic wizard's tower, so it's got a big, long spiral staircase you've got to go up, and Isaac is running up, and the orb just sort of hovers gently over most of the tower, and so there are these streams of people being, like, pushed through the windows to attack Isaac and all that kind of stuff. It's real crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's real creepy. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely mm. disturbing. Um, yeah. But he, oh, yeah. He, he makes it to the top after he's just running, and he's very... Mm. This is hard on him. Which, oh, which yeah. is a lot, because yeah. it's, it's the first time that he just is, like, exhausted looking mm. uh, yeah and the, the wizard tries to do his ensorcelling magic and it's great because when the little um glowing neon crown of energy like mm. wraps around him he isaac has just enough time to kind of like put his knife up in between it and his head yes so he's yeah. holding it like physically at bay uh, mm. and, and uh, is able to uh cut it and then kill the wizard mm. it's, kind of, it's kind of yeah diplomatic other than like the giant because the, you know you're really i mean he's been fighting the wizard the entire time by extension of yeah the, the bombs, yeah but the, the showdown at yeah. the top is a quick like throw the knife into its head you know kind of just real fast mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah but yeah absolutely um, yeah it's th- this was Probably like one of my favorite parts, other than it being disturbing, just like the action, mm. the scope of it. Oh, is yeah. Just unexpected. As a sequence, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he sort of, yeah, he kills the wizard. He takes stock of what has been going on here uh, and then just looks out and, you know, orders them to kill everyone. Uh, everyone that's left, most of the people were in the orb, which has now fallen out of the sky, so there's a lot of very damaged bodies <laughs> hanging around. Um, but orders all the night creatures, you know, finish finish anyone who's left off, and then do not burn the city down. Like, he wants to leave it here in case people come along later. And that is, like, a big step forward for Isaac for, like, thinking that eventually someone could resettle here. Means that you know, he's not everyone's going to be not, dead eventually. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's veered away from the genocide mm. people. Maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. something's changed, uh, but he does get mm. the, the biggest mirror. It's it's Oh, it's so big. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's very happy to have it. He pans around, he checks in on that old woman who seems to notice that she's being watched with the mirror. Uh, and then yeah, he zooms around, has a look through it, and yeah, he's got this 
absolutely massive transmission mirror. He's got the beginnings of a great night creature army with all the spare bodies left over from this very crazy uh, fight? Raid? Yeah. Don't know what to call it. Uh, and that is sort of where we end up. Alucard is all alone in his castle again, but sort of out of his depressive funk, but now in like a slightly murderous slash nihilistic funk. Uh, Trevor and Cypher are back on the road, but in depressing times, as opposed to exciting times. Thanks, cars backfiring. I wonder if that showed up on the mic. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hector is in Styria, but like stuck in that slave life, having to work for Lenore and do as she says. And Isaac is at the top of his game. He's got his big transmission mirror. He's got all his night creatures, and he's he's ready to rock for season four. And man, we're we're getting down to it. Yep. <laughs> Basically, yeah. two thirds of the way through, seeing as season one was so short. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The season three was really fun. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a lot more nuance. Like this took the time to mm-hmm. kind of get mm-hmm. into what the characters were doing, like as as people. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't. Um, it's setting up the pieces like it's not mm. the high point but it's it's putting no. everything ready to do something yeah and uh, you know like after the constant sort of accelerationism and and the the obviously very high climax of season 2 i really enjoy the sort of the gentle coast down then back up that is season 3 you know, because, you know, it's we killed Dracula, where could we possibly go from here? We drop back down to, like, investigate the cult and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, get back down into the little stuff, just in time to swing back up towards really crazy stuff and start amping up for Season 4, which goes places. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to talking about that, because Season 4 has some absolutely great stuff. <laughs> well, it's uh, on the horizon, so I think we'll, we'll wrap mm-hmm. this one up. Yes, yes, we'll finish here. Um, yeah, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, the show is on Twitter at mon underscore d monster, uh, where we post our episodes and post about what's upcoming on the show. You can also check out our website, monsterdeer.monster correct yes yeah um <laughs> if you would like to see what i'm up on up to on twitter you can see pictures of my parents new dog who is very cute uh at, that's at night underscore twitten that's night without a k um you can also see some australian nonsense but mostly there's a cute dog on there it's well worth it uh <laughs> Uh, you can catch our erstwhile co-host Leonard uh, at Dr. Faust is Dead on Twitter and YouTube and most of the other places uh, and see what he's up to while he's not right here right now for this episode. Uh, and Dave, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus and that will always be in the show notes because it's yeah. difficult to spell. <laughs> you did. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening. Um, come back soon. We will be continuing Castlevania con- uh, coverage 
pretty soon. Uh, so go ahead and watch season four. Trust me, it's it's worth a watch. If you if you enjoyed season three, you'll enjoy even more Castlevania to come. Until next time. Good night. Bye bye.